Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 1234 in Edmonton. Roost Chris Steakhouse, the greatest steak you've ever had. Edmonton owned and operated. Open from Wednesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. Head down to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie, Taylor, the staff at Roost Chris at Oilers Now sent you. Just before we go to Mark Spector for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta presenting the 91st running, the Canadian Derby. That's Sunday, September 27th at Century Mile. You can bet online at hbibet.com. Uh, we will tell you, we're going to go into our today's top story for Legacy Heating and Cooling. That's Legacy Heating and Cooling, home of uh, no payments and no interest for one year and no host capable of reading that liner. Let's try that again. Legacy Heating and Cooling. Mark Spector joins us right now. Spec, how you doing? Oh, pretty fair. Bobby just uh, got through watching Dallas win a series at... Uh I don't know. I'm going to tell you, when it started, I didn't think they'd win. But the longer it went, the more it looked like they were going to win it. Yeah, and that's our top story. And I brought it up a little bit before, Mark, back in April, uh, talking to some people. Uh, you know, in, in April, I thought we were going to have a top 10 make the playoffs, not a top 12. They'd do it divisionally. That would mean Edmonton would end up with Vancouver. Dallas would have gotten Colorado. And instead, they went top 12. And... Edmonton's last game that they lost to Winnipeg was the difference in the points percentage between Edmonton and Dallas grabbing that four hole. And Mark, it shows you, to me, what what this has shown this year more than ever, just how tricky things are. I mean, Dallas didn't look very good in round robin. They didn't look very good early against Calgary, and they looked damn good by the end of that series against Vegas. So they kept on getting better, older veteran teams, but it shows you there's a lot that goes into these situations, isn't there? Oh, yeah, like it's such a goofy year, you know. If you look at the Oilers up until March 11th, you're happy with them, uh, relatively speaking. And then the four months off and, you know, Evan, it comes back, they don't have what they they don't have it. St. Louis comes back, they don't have it, right? Uh, Vancouver comes back, they're a better team than they were. Dallas comes back, they're a better team. Well, now, now, now... Now Dallas is, but were they a better team in round robin? They looked like they looked like St. Louis to me in the round robin. Like they really weren't going. Right, so. and then you know what? Then they get Colorado, and well, I guess you know they get lucky because 
it didn't surprise me to see Colorado score four goals a game in that in that Dallas Colorado series. But frankly, if Colorado has goaltending, I'd be surprised if Dallas got to four goals a game the way they did every night. So, you know, there's breaks and stuff going on, and and it's it's just a, it's such a different year that that I would suggest to people out there, it's not a year to overreact on your team's playoff performance, either positive or negative. Yeah, uh, I think that this is just a year that we watch it happen. I mean, Washington was is a pretty good team that wasn't very good after the bubble or in the bubble. So, you know what? I guess <laughs> let's just let it play out here. We got a Tampa Dallas uh, Cup, which I did predict on Sportsnet about six months ago, amazingly. Uh, but who's going to win? Who knows? Well, so you're already. Uh... The early returns have come in, and, and despite the fact that there's still 40% of the polls remaining, you've declared Tampa Bay the winner in that series against the Islanders, Speck? Oh, yeah, I guess I will say that. They're up 3-1. They're, to me, a better team. They're better. Uh, I, they're better. They're not going to cough up three straight to the Islanders, or if they do, I guess I'd like to see it. See, all right, well, a couple things with Dallas, and then we'll get to the potential of Dallas and Tampa. Mark Spector joining us for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. Again, they've got the 91st running of the Canadian Derby Sunday, September 27th at Century Mile. Fan access is limited. You can watch and wager online at hbibet.com. What a story Rick Boness is this year. Is it, I mean, just think about that alone. What a storyline that is, Spec. Yeah, for a guy to come in, I mean, we'll talk about the perfect interim coach, you know. he, I mean, he's so experienced. He's been a head coach. He's, he's been a really a, an assistant for so many years. Uh, he just has a great feel, as, as veteran hockey guys do. It, it turns out that Dallas had all the tools they needed. They just had to figure out how to deploy them, right, and, and figure out, you know, who needed to do what. And even a game like last night, a real subtle little swap. He swapped Klingberg and Heiskanen onto opposite power play units yep. when the power play was brutal and it's just a tiny little thing, and boom, the second power play unit scores two goals and they win a the game. So, you know, he's just a veteran guy with a good feel, and, and he's a feel-good story because everyone likes him because he's a great guy. And who more would you like to see, you know, outside your organization, Bob, of put a ring on his finger but Rick Bonus? Pretty much everyone would agree with that. Well, and then we get to the goaltending. I mean, you and me have talked about this years for years on Ben Bishop. The Oilers were in on Ben Bishop from Ottawa back in, uh, uh, what year was it? 20, uh, lockout, the lockout year in 2013. And Steve Tamalini didn't want to give up an extra second round pick. Ben Bishop, save percentage wise, has been a top 10 goalie in the league for the last five years. He can't stay healthy. Except the Dallas Stars. And one of Jim Nill's things, Mark, as you know, was you got to have two goalies to play in the Western Conference. And Anton Hudobin, he's pretty damn good. And he was good again. And, and you know, he, he, I mean, I thought Vegas had the advantage in goal, Mark. They didn't. Hudobin was better. I guess. You know, that is amazing, right? I mean, the two, nobody had two stronger net miners than Leonard and Fleury, right? We just, that position, positionally, Vegas got the, the, check mark in that box in every series and you know the thing about Hudobin for me Bob is I mean he is a backup he's been Ben Bishop's backup and almost every backup you ever watch they give you you know your starter goes down and they give you what do they give you Bob they give you a good week and then maybe they start into the second week and they're pretty good and by the time the second week's over you go oh yeah that's why that guy's a number two <laughs> you know we've seen it a million times and 
And Anton Hudobin has not failed, right? I think he's played 18 games, but Bishop's only started twice and, and didn't finish the first period in one of them. And Hudobin has not faded away. He has not made us say, oh, yeah, that's why you're a backup. He looks like a number one, and he's given them absolutely everything they could ask from Ben Bishop or Leonard or Fleury. He's played them all, and give the kid, give him credit. Hudobin's been around forever. He's 34. And he's a, another real good guy, and I'm kind of cheering for the little little Russian guy. Uh, the Stars are an interesting team. I mean, a couple of years ago, Jim Lights lit up uh, basically Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan. Jamie Benn this year, Mark, had 39 points in 69 games. He's making $9.5 million. Yep. Uh, Tyler's, and Tyler Sagan, 50 points in 69 games. They're both minus players five on five during the course of the regular season. Now, I haven't broken down their advanced analytics to see if they're truly minus players 5v5. But they didn't produce offensively. Uh, Sagan clearly is playing with an injury. But Ben elevated. And when he's on it and he's bringing it, he's a hell of a force out there. Yeah, he is a, a power forward, a Canadian power forward. He's He looks like uh, there's flashes of Jerome McGinley there for me. Uh, you know, I'm not saying he's that level of player, but he's certainly in this playoff run. He's carrying this team. He's plays this, He's not that huge a guy. He plays a very heavy guy uh, game. And, you know, I, it gives Tyler Sagan credit. I think he's got a, bad, a real bad hand to say it. And yep. I mean, he makes a lot of money, $9.85 million, Bob. You need more than two goals in the playoffs. But he's on the first PK unit, and he's doing everything he's capable of doing to help this team win, and they're winning. So when you win, they don't care how much they pay you, right? Yep. Uh, ben, 30. Radulov, if ever there was a guy that looked like a Russian veteran in the league, it's Alexander Radulov. Like, he just looks like a, uh, you know, and he's just, it just reinforces that image. But 33 for Radulov. They've got Pavelski at 35 spec. Corey Perry's 34. Como's 33. Andrew Cogliano is 32. Those guys are all forwards in their 30s up front, man. That's like seven forwards that are, this, this is like watching the, this is like watching the 66 highlights of the 66 67 Maple Leafs when they had all those old guys. You know, that was the, that was the last time the Toronto Maple Leafs made it to a Stanley Cup final for all our Leafs fans out there. Anyhow, I digress. It's kind of remarkable because they say you need youth in the game, but they do have some youth in the back end and that sort of thing. But they're a really interesting team to watch. Well, they've got, you know, they do have the youth up front that's been getting us some goals here. Like Rupe Hintz, a good player. Garyanov is an absolute stud. I think he is everything that Nikushkin was supposed to be and more, Bob. Um, and the Kiwi Ranta kid scores a hat trick in a game seven and a huge goal last night, you know, to help him clinch a series. So they do have some young guys. Obviously, they're back in. Klingberg and Heiskanen is, you know, they're two really good defensemen. I love the way Andre Sekera has resurrected his career. You know, who thought that a guy with back-to-back torn ACL and the torn Achilles or ruptured Achilles at his age could play at the level he's playing at. Good for him. So, you know, and then an old vet like Hudobin and Nett. They're, they're a good story, this team, Bob, and uh, they'll give Tampa everything they can handle. Now, I'm, I'm reading a report here because there was a tweet last night from Alan Walsh, the agent, uh, complimenting uh, Rick Bonas on being a great coach and a terrific person. Uh, today is the deadline for Marc-Andre Fleury and Alan Walsh to submit their revised no-trade list to the Golden Knights ahead of uh, this offseason. For Vegas, you know, their owner's, I think he's 74, 75 years of age. 
they quickly ascended into win-now mode, Mark. They've got high standards in their organization. This has to be a bitter pill for them to swallow. Yeah, for sure it is. You know, this is they are the team that is not happy with just getting to the Western Conference Final. They're ready to win a cup, Vegas. And, you know, they'll have a pretty, a pretty stout debrief. Bobby, like, you know, what went wrong here, right? They had the puck a lot. You look at all the stats. They had the shots. Uh, they didn't have as many scoring chances as they, sh- as they should have with all that possession, and you wonder why, right? Uh, defensively, they were good. They didn't give up much to Dallas, but but you know what? As, as someone told me about four days ago, and then Pete DeBoer said last night, Dallas owned the net front in both ends of the rink. And that really is where a one goal game, a bunch of one goal games, sure. that's where a series is decided. Net front in your end and net front in their end. And I would say that the Oilers lost those battles against Chicago to a great deal. And that's something that's got to get corrected because you win the net fronts and you tend to win the game. Well, I think the Hawks scored six or seven deflection goals or from shots on the points. Right. Vegas, Vegas only had 12 goals, Mark, in their last eight games. On Pete DeBoer, I mean, let's just go through. Okay, so I, I don't think Gerard Gallant's the best technical coach. I think there were some things sliding in Vegas's game, but he is a guy that gets people to play for him. Pete DeBoer has taken teams to the Stanley Cup final. You know, some people that I know in the coaching fraternity would say he's an upgrade on Gerard Glant. But they go out and they get Lanner. But Marc-Andre Fleury's kind of the flowers, kind of part of their culture in Vegas. Did they screw with the hockey gods a bit here, Mark? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like, because they went out and they got the defenseman they needed in Martinez, a legit top four D-man to upgrade yep. their deep. You know, they get a really good uh, goaltender in Lanner. And I just wonder if it, 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 you know, the margin is so, t- but they did lose in five. It's it's not like this series was, it was close, but it wasn't a seven-game series. So, you know, why couldn't they get to the level that we expected them to get to, Vegas? It's it's amazing, right? Like they did, as I said, I think they did. You know, they thought they were doing everything right. I don't think you saw a significant change, you know. After game two, Rick Bonus flipped his lines around and said, we're not scoring. And he put that sagan radulov Ben line back together. And they got some goals and won the game. And, and I'm not sure Pete DeBoer, you know, whether whether he didn't have a plan B, whether he didn't think he needed a plan B. His lines stayed relatively the same throughout the series. They didn't do a lot of things different. They just kept waiting for the breaks to come and waiting for the breaks to come. And they ran out of runway, man. You know, the series ended before the hockey gods started smiling on them. And you got to find a way to, you know, there's got to be a way to coach yourself out of that somehow or at least take a try at it. I'm not a believer in the goalie change. Like, I get it. Fleury's a great goalie and part of that team, and he could have been just as good as Leonard and all that. But Leonard was not the problem. Leonard gave up two a night. You know, you give up two a night, you should win. So they didn't score enough, Bob. Uh, Their forwards, they they just, the Riley Smiths and Monsensos, uh, they didn't. The puck didn't go in. Paul Sassny, Alex Tuck, lots of chances, lots of puck possession, not enough goals. Stone and Pacioretty. Stone yeah, and Pacioretty. Pacioretty had a million chances, couldn't score. Bob. So I guess my question becomes: At what point does the blame shift from the coach to the players? Well, they didn't score enough. Like when guys, can, when when the offensive players can, and we, you and me have had this debate: when the offensive players score and they produce. 
and you lose a series, can you pin it on the offensive players? And so in this situation, Vegas' offense, their defense was probably good enough. They didn't get the production. Now, just going circling back to Dallas here for a second spec. Dallas-Calgary. 2-1 for Calgary. Flames have shut the uh, Stars out in Game 3. 2-0 uh, Cam Talbot. They're up two games to one in the series. Uh, Tobias Reeder scores a shorthanded goal to put Calgary up 4-3. Joe Pavelski scores with 12 seconds left to give Dallas right. the tie. Tell me the truth. With a minute left, and Calgary up 2-1 in the series and up 4-3 in game four, were you thinking Dallas was dead uh, DOA at that point? Oh, sure you were, right? Sure you were. Calgary was playing good hockey, and they let that one get away. They let Dallas up off the mat. Hey, every playoff run is so filled with those moments, you know? Give me any team. Like, there's always a first, second round, first round, a, a tight, close shave that you just made it by, you know? And that was Dallas's, right? That was against Calgary. That was their close shave. And then they had another one against Colorado. Listen, we've watched enough playoffs, Bob, everyone in this city to know that teams, I mean, it's not like when L.A. went through in, what did they play, 18 games that one year? Um you know, that's a rarity. There's, it's always a, 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 every series is a new chapter in the book, and uh, Dallas hasn't dominated anybody here. You know, even beaten when they beat Vegas, it was four one goal wins. Yeah. So you know they didn't dominate Vegas, but they beat them four out of five nights, and that's all it takes. When we come back, we'll discuss whether or not Dallas. Can- With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice. Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Get it done against Tampa Bay. Mark Spector for the horses and horse racing Alberta. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you. Hi, this is Jajar Kara from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. Keep hearing around the league that there's uh, more than one or two teams that have time for Jujar Kara. Big man can play a little bit of center. Interesting. It is 1251. Bob Stoffer, Mark Spector. Mark Spector for the horses and horse racing Alberta. Again, proudly presenting the 91st running of the Canadian Derby. That's Sunday, September 27th at Century Mile. Fan access is limited, but you can watch and wager online at hbibet.com. All right, Mark, the million-dollar question. Uh, we both expect Tampa Bay to close out the New York Islanders. No disrespect to Barry Trotz, who's a great coach. Um, Lou Lamarillo, who's an experienced and savvy general manager, but Tampa's just better. Uh, can Dallas beat Tampa? Uh, you know, I, I probably am the dumb guy that picked uh, the thought Dallas uh, would have a hard time with Vegas's offense, and they they figured it out. So Tampa's a step up. You know, Tampa's a step up now. Is Stamkos playing? Is Braden Point? How's he going to play? Uh, I like to put my money, Bob, on the team that scores. I like my hockey. That I like aggressive, offensive teams. So, in principle, I'm picking Tampa. But I also see myself falling into the same trap a lot of guys fell in with his Dallas team. They tend to take teams like Tampa and find a way to keep them off the scoreboard. 
Mark, that's just established. You've often been called a dummy, uh, about as often as I ha- <laughs> as often as I have, and usually we've called each other a dummy after about two or three on the road. So uh, there you have it. Uh, you know, it's funny. To me, Tampa Bay's got to be the favorite in the series, but <laughs> how could you, after the run Dallas has been on, uh, absolutely they can win. Like, I did not think they, I had Vegas in five, Mark. I didn't even think it was going to be close. And Vegas got it. You know, I looked at the at Colorado losing to Dallas, and I'm like, you know what? I know it's what it could have should have, but Colorado's down on their number three goaltender. Eric Johnson, a, a defenseman that, you know, I know the analytics gods don't like him, but he's he's a pretty good defenseman. That's He's basically their number one all-around defenseman. So they didn't have their top two goalies, their number one defenseman, and Gabriel Aniskog in a game seven, and they lost the yeah. game in OT. Like, they could have won that series all day. But I, I, got, I was really impressed against Vegas. I mean, Dallas got to a level. They were better than Vegas, and absolutely they could beat Tampa Bay. That's it. I'll still probably be taking uh, Tampa Bay. Mark, the uh, Edmonton Oilers uh, management staff had uh, some pro meetings over the course of the last week. Uh, They don't have a lot of cap uh, space. Uh, The goaltender market is one that you don't have to give up assets. And the Oilers have already moved a couple assets and moves that came back to bite them, partially because of a flat cap. Uh, case in point, the Athanasiu trade. I mean, it's going to be problematic to qualify him at $3 million. But But I digress. Uh, the goaltending market, there's lots of goalies. The Oilers don't have a lot of money, but it, the money they spend, what's the one position that maybe might be able to be most beneficial to improving the team next year? Goal. Who would you target and why? Well, I saw today that uh, Brian McCollum, the GM of uh, Washington, said that Holtby uh, is probably going to go the free agent route. So that yep. is interesting to me. Uh, I guess my question becomes how much do you pay him? You know, you've already got four and a half spent on Koskinen. And yep. sure, you know, most GMs would like to have that that number they spend on their goalie somewhere around the $7 million mark. So I guess I'm asking you, Bob, who's out there where you can spend that you know, three and a half or two, let's say three million bucks to get you to 7.5. Does a guy like Holt become that cheap? I don't think Matt Murray comes that cheap. You know, Darcy Kemper signed at four and a half already. So to me, Ken Hall is trying to figure out, do I stretch the goalie number a little and go after a bigger fish? Or do I find a halfway goalie? You know, the, the Jake Allen kind of guy that went to a Montreal, of course, uh, and playing with Koskinen and coming up the number that I like and spend my money elsewhere. Do you think he's willing to stretch his budget on goalie past about 7.5? No, I don't. <laughs> you don't, eh? No, and I mean, it's interesting because Miko Koskinen, 917, like, Mark, I'm going to give you the list of uh, the UFA goalies out there, just the UFA goalies. So Hudobin had a 930. Okay, he's the someone's going to pay him. There's no question about that. He's going to, uh, and if you're Dallas right now, you probably got to look at paying him. Robin Leonard's at 920. We think there's probably already a pre-existing deal in place with Vegas. Yeah. Talbot, uh, Cam Talbot's at 919, and Markstrom's at 918. So there is four goaltenders that are UFAs that are higher than Miko Koskinen this past year. Markstrom at 918. We think Vancouver's going to sign him. Talbot at 919, to me, goes to Calgary unless the Flames trade for Camper, and then maybe he's in the mix in Dallas. We think Laner's going to get a deal with the uh, Golden Knights. 
and then Hudobin's at 9.30. I mean, you mentioned Brayden Holpe. He was a sub-900 save percentage this year, Mark. You know, so yep. it's, it's – it's, I mean, Thomas Grice is at 9.13. That might be the type of guy that makes sense. He's had two good years in a row since Mitch Korn has gone, Mark, to the island. But he struggled before Mitch Korn got there. So, I, I, like – I, to answer your question, I don't think Ken Holland goes above a combined $7.5 million on the goal. Now, there is one caveat. If he can move a contract out in a trade with a team and get a goalie, yeah. we're, we're having a different conversation. Well, so who's that contract, right? I mean, I don't think, you know, if you took on a big number, and I don't think you've mentioned Marc-Andre Fleury's name yet here either. Right. Uh, you know, he's. I suggest that if Laners has indeed signed that contract, as everybody suspects, uh, I think Mark Andre Fleury is moving on, probably to a Carolina or, you know, well, where. But what is Carol- Carolina's got? Toronto's number one this year, okay, and uh, they also have got a second. The, and the right. Carolina, the Carolina Hurricanes have lots of cap space. So I'm going to give you a scenario, okay? I could see the Carolina Hurricanes. Ah, they don't have that much cap space. They have about 73 million, but they got Reimer and Morazic signed next year. So let's just say theoretically they get in on Kemper and give up that Maple Leafs number one, that 15th overall pick, okay? Uh, okay. Okay. Then they turn around and they want they need to move out one of Reimer or Morazic who've got a year left. What are they willing to give up to, you know, an, an additional pick, theoretically? Uh, would they do that? I don't know. I, 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 if I'm Carolina, I think I'd contemplate it. Calgary Flames are another team that they're not going to like. Carolina is a team that could trade it. Like if if they get a goalie, they could trade a goalie to Edmonton. I could see that scenario happening. The Vegas scenario, or the Vegas scenario, is one where they would trade. Would would Vegas trade in the division? That's the question I have for you. If I'm Vegas, I'm not sure I'd trade Mark Andre Fleury to Edmonton. No, I don't think so. Uh, I would say to you that Mark Andre Fleury, as a veteran goalie who makes seven million bucks, yes, uh, I'm kind of questioning whether or not he fits here. You know, unless you could trade Koskinen back, I'm not sure that you want to have eleven and a half million dollars. No, no, no. On your no they would have to. They would have to eat at least two, or they'd have to take back. And I know people have suggested James Neal. I don't see that deal happening, but. There you go. Spec, we got to run. Uh, we got Randy Gray coming up to talk about the hey. Edmonton, the Edmonton Riverhawks. So we'll get after that. After a glow. Mark, thanks again for joining us. You'll join us Friday. So we'll look forward to talking then. Bye, and buddy. All right, Mark. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell at 1 o'clock. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.